has chosen the foolishness of preaching. That some preaching is foolish, and that's not what he's talking about. <clears throat> There's a difference between the foolishness of preaching and foolish preaching. I, uh, I want to give glory and honor to the Lord, <clears throat> but I'll tell you what I'm seeing. See, God has been moving in a great way. This morning at the conclusion of the service, we had Brother Lonnie Fuller. Brother Fuller is not here tonight. At least I don't see him. Brother Fuller uh, has not been in the spiritual uh, place that he, for some time now that he needs to be. Uh, his family has been praying for him. I met uh, his son over in Minnesota last year, uh, Ron. And Ron told me, he said, I really want you to pray for my dad. He's just been on my heart. And I've been praying for him and seeking the Lord for him. And this morning he got a refilling down here at the altar. Great. I'll tell you, God is so good. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And Brother Greg Powell came down here this morning. The Lord just refilled him with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Brother Greg, sure love you and appreciate you, man. Good to have him and his lovely family here in the house of God with us. God has been doing some great things. But I tell you what, we are <clears throat> experiencing uh, a real attack to the devil. Now this, uh, with, with Don and Peggy Moran, this is a, it's been a real trial for them. Let me just... I want to say some things about some people, and I'm not saying it to embarrass them, but to, to help you to, to really pray. Uh, Don lost his job that he's had for many, many years. And at the same time then, uh, uh, ran some complications with a house he was trying to sell. And now Peggy's in the hospital. and I was up there, and I spent about two hours with them this past week, and they just poured their heart out to me. It's just a real attack for the devil. I'll tell you. I really feel that way. I really feel that way. Then uh, Brother Manley has, uh, I think he went home. He's been sick so much lately. Uh, he's been working hard. And, of course, he has arthritis throughout his body. And he just has, has a lot of pain, a lot of sickness. Um, a lot of times when he's up here preaching, you'll see him moving his foot around. And it's because it, it, it gets to the point he can, can hardly stand the pain. And you need, need to pray for him. Really need to pray for him. I, I just want to, we want to move the devil out. Out of the way. Sister Rossing has been sick. Uh, missed some school this past week. Just an attack of the devil. Brother Thomas has been sick, and Sister Peggy was prayed for the other night and ended up with a headache again this week. You know, that's, that's, that's very defeating, it's demoralizing. You come up and you're prayed for, and you just declare God's healed you, and then two or three days go by and it hits you again. You ever been prayed for? You, you just declared that God had healed you, and two or three days later this thing came back, and, you know, it just makes you wonder if you should ever get prayed for again. And you know, one of the hardest things in the world to do as a Christian is to give a testimony about something that you feel that's going to happen that's never happened. Really. Now, I know that I made this statement 
I've heard several people make this statement. They say that you spell faith R-I-S-K, risk. But I'm not for sure that that is correct. Because if the Word of God, if, if it's predicated upon the Word of God, you're not really taking a risk. So there's a vast difference between faith and foolishness. Foolishness simply means you just jump out on a limb to do your own thing. But if you know God told you and you move, there's no risk involved. The risk is involved in when you don't move. That's where, that's where the risk is involved. When you don't move out. We've been baptizing people in almost all of our services. And yet I can see an attack upon individuals and upon homes. We've got several homes that the devil has jumped in. Sister Wittenbach was taken to the emergency room of the hospital this afternoon. I don't know if she's down there now or not. Uh, we just A lot of families have been affected by a lot of different, different things. How many of you feel right now that you're under the attack of the devil? No. I mean, you're experiencing something, experiencing something that is, that is, that is really threatening. I saw all of your hands. I'd say 50% of the congregation are better. I know, I know, I have been. And sometimes you just. You wonder what's going on. Other times you just say, hey, this is an attack of the devil. Now, here's, here's a situation, you know. Sometimes you don't know you, if you're a, a, a Job or a Jonah. You know, Jonah was running from God. Job was running toward God. And yet the approximate same thing happened. They both ended up in a whale of a mess. <clears throat> Seriously, they did. One of them really did. <clears throat> and and sometimes, you know, your head just gets to spinning. You, you know, what in the world's going on? You know, it, it, it is time when that happens to make a real staunch stand against the enemy. There are times when you just feel like just submitting into the hands of God. There are other times when you know that you're submitted in the hands of God, but you just need to walk out and say, this is as far as the devil is going to push me. This is it. This is it. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 4. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe that God is going to set somebody free tonight. Somebody's going to be set free from the situation they're in. I feel that right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And if you feel that in your soul, I want you to believe that right now. Start believing that right now. Praise God. There's too much Scripture that tells me that when you're on the Lord's side that things happen. And there are others that say, well, I, 
I never had all these problems till I came to God. Well, you just didn't know you were having problems because you were on the devil's side. He was killing you, and you didn't know it. You gave your heart to the Lord, and he started warring against you. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness. Endure what? Hardness. Endure what? Hardness. Have you ever thought that life was hard? Sure. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I, w- I want to stop here. I just I, I want to say something about my wife. My wife is a very unique person. If she's having a very difficult time, most people would never know it. And she has the ability to smile through some of the most difficult things. This past year, she had a a lump removed from her breast, and you know we didn't know if it's cancerous or not. That's always a scary thing, you know. So we were down to the uh, clinic, and brother and sister Aaron came over, and and uh, I saw her courageously walk in there, and we had prayed, and this is what she said: "Oh, God knows." if it's cancerous or not. And I don't believe that God would allow anything to happen to me that He would not will to happen to me. It just so happened it wasn't cancerous. We really thank the Lord for that. But of all the people that I've pastored, I've never seen anyone with a better attitude toward uh, a situation that, you know, has the potential of being life-threatening. Just, well, it's the way it is. And I am God's child, and I'm in God's hands. Life is hard. But we endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We're soldiers. Did you know it? That's it. And when the Bible says no man entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, it simply means that when you have been saved, there is such a thing is siding up with the enemy. In other words, you choose to walk over on the enemy's side. Now, I'm going to make some statements here tonight, and and I hope that I shock some of you. But if you do not feel the resistance of the devil against your life, It's probably because you're living too close to the other side. Because when you really start praying, 
and you really start pushing, and you really start moving the devil, the devil doesn't give up ground without fighting. Did you hear me? The devil does not give up ground without fighting. He will not turn loose of your wife. He will not turn loose of your children. He will not turn loose of your relatives. He will not give up any turf willingly. It's a war. And we are soldiers. Do you know that? It has been said that Christians can either populate heaven or hell by their obedience or by their disobedience. That simply means if you fail to fight the devil and win a soul, that person, no doubt, will spend eternity in hell without God. We're involved in some very serious business. I mean, it's serious. I'm amazed at some of the accounts that I've read of, especially during the Civil War. At one time, I took a big interest in this war, and I read everything I could get my hands on. But there, there were boys that were 14 years of age that'd go in and lie about their age just to fight. I mean, that happened on both sides. I mean, go in and lie. And 639,000 Americans died in that war, more than all of the wars that we've had, all the casualties put together, more people died in that war. And young men were going in and lying just to go out and fight for what they thought was right. Then sometimes things can get a little rough. And we just lay our guns down, so to speak. If you know of anyone that's in the camp of the Lord that's having trouble, you owe it to that person and to your God to defend that person. You hear what I say? You owe it to that person. Now, as many troubles and trials as we're having, a lot of our people are having. Listen, you could spend all day long every day on your knees praying. Prayers of intercession for these people. I'm, I'm just amazed every time I turn around. Brother Grant, you can't believe what's happened to me. And, and they tell me this. I believe that this church is on the threshold of one of the greatest revivals that Madison has ever seen. I believe that. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. I don't base that only upon the move of the Spirit that we're having, but the fact that we're pushing the devil back and he's fighting tooth and toenail for all the turf. He's not going to give it up without a fight. I say he's not going to give it up without a fight. Needless to say, there are some people that stand in the way when revival comes. Now let me talk about the people the church can do without. <clears throat> you know, there are some soldiers you'd be better off without. 
if they're not going to carry their load, bear their responsibilities, and do their part of the fighting. Let's first talk about the oversensitive people. The time has come in which we all need to stand up as good soldiers. This old business of people getting their feelings hurt about every little thing that somebody says to them. That's a bunch of bunk and it needs to go. <clears throat> I'm serious with you. There's some people you have to walk on pins and needles around them and choose your words to keep from offending them. I've reached the point that I feel some of you won't go to heaven anyway. So why choose words? Now, to purposely offend, I'm not talking about that. But the more you're pampered, and the more you're burped, and the more you're made to feel good about yourself, the more sour you become. Pick up your gun! And let's go to war! Stop all that business! Get on the Lord's side! Let's push back the powers of hell! Let's pray the devil off of these good, righteous people that are having problems and troubles. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're too far into the war to be dealing with little things like that. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Always wearing your feelings out on your sleeve, so to speak. Hardly a week goes by that somebody doesn't call me. I got my feelings hurt last Sunday night. Well, if you hadn't been in the back yakking, if you'd have been down here praying and seeking God, you wouldn't have been involved in a situation where you get your feelings hurt. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The church can do without sensitive people that wear their feelings on their sleeves. Man, get that heart right with God. Jump in. You're not going to be saved anyway because the devil's already taken over and you don't know it. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Oh, hallelujah. Be a good soldier. Endure hardness. Praise God. You know, you know the thing about it is it just might be you know, troubles and trials come in many different ways. And, and, you know, we're strengthened through hardness. Did you know that? You know how trees grow strong? Uh, most trees that are in a clump would not, if you cut them all down, a wind will blow the one down that's left. Not strong enough to make it. But the tree that grows up out there, enduring the wind, will remain in most any storm. It's that tough resistance. Keep on standing. 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 And sometimes I think that the Lord intentionally allows some old crab to come by to hurt your feelings. Simply because you can be hurt. Hello? You believe that? I believe that. Now please understand, if you're a conscientious Christian, you should not strive to be that old crab that the devil sends by. 
because we are to be kind one to another. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the person that regardless of how hard you try, you can not keep from hurting that person's feelings. Got to get past that stage. <laughs> well, you got to get past that stage. All right? <clears throat> Some more people in the church can do without. The people who want high positions. <clears throat> he that is chief among you is servant of all. True? You see, we sing, where he leads, I will follow. Yet, if he leads us to a smaller calling, we don't like it. Some people just, they like the high positions. You know, you don't get much credit when you pray down here at the altar, praying people through the Holy Ghost. Now, now you know, and I, I'm saying this, and all due respect to everyone's talent, but if you're back here singing during the altar service, you're in a more high-profile position. That's needed. You understand what I'm saying? If you're up here preaching, whether it be me or some other minister, you're in a more high-profile position. But it bothers me when I see people that when they're in a high-profile position, they know how to worship, they know how to preach, they know how to clap their hands, yet when they're not in that, they don't do one thing. I mean, they just sit right down on their bottom and do nothing. Bothers me. I was in charge of visitation in our church in Houston, Texas when I went to the Bible college, and there was a young man that grew up with me in school. It wasn't Brother Paul Suber. Brother Paul Suber went to Bible school the same time I did, and there was another young man, and this man could really preach. Well, I was in charge of the visitation. Well, what happened was he was called on to preach, and I mean to tell you he skinned everybody alive almost for not going out on visitation. It's all right. didn't bother me. didn't bother me because I was going out every week. The problem was he wasn't. And he came around, and of course I was a little older, and I had helped disciple this boy. He came around, and he, he was wanting my, you know, uh, my comments about his message. Because it was a very good message. Every now and then I'd do that. After I preach, and I'm a little bit, uh, you know, wonder about how I did, I'll, I'll fish for an answer on the way home, see. <clears throat> I don't like to say, well, how did I do? I don't like to say that, but I like I can lead uh, up to little questions that, that and she'll tell me. <laughs> That's what was happening. I thought, I owe it to this young man. I said, well, there's only one thing. This young man's name was Andy. I said, and there's only one thing, Andy, about this. He said, what? I said, I have never seen you at visitation. I said, he said, but I, but I go on visitation. I said, you may do that, but that's not what you said to those people. I said, you said they had to be at that visitation Saturday. See, the thing about it was he was planning on coming for his first time the next Saturday. 
It just so happened he didn't. He went to Galveston swimming. And I told him, I said, you know what you're doing? I said, you are chalking up marks to become a great hypocrite. You know what he's doing today? He's not living for God. He was one of the best young preachers I've ever heard preach. But he, he just, when he's behind the pulpit, man, I'm telling you that high-profile position. But now ask him to do something less. He didn't want to do that. His talents were much greater. Well, we have to have someone playing the organ. We have to have someone on the drums and on the bass. And thank the Lord for all of that. But what about the prayer room, too? What about praying with these seekers at the altar? What about teaching in the classroom when the doors close and nobody ever sees you but students? And a lot of those little kids don't come out bragging on you. <laughs> this works that way. Isn't that right? You know, and I throw myself into this category. I wonder what our church would be like if every person would worship God just like they would want every person to worship if they were standing up here leading the service, including myself. I'm talking about myself back there where you are. In other words, basically what I'm saying is we need committed people to this cause. I'm serious about this. I believe revival is here. I want to help you, and I want to help myself. Now, the next thing that we can do without, the church can do without people who indulge in destructive criticism. There are some people that are just by nature very caustic, and they don't know how to say any good thing about anybody. They just don't know how. You need to change that. Criticize the choir. Criticize, criticize all the preachers. Criticize the Sunday school classes, teachers, Christian school, the pastor. Now, what could you possibly say bad about me that would be true? <laughs> I mean, what could you possibly say? <clears throat> but they're just people that get in this rut. I've worked with people on jobs. And I mean to tell you there wasn't one good thing that ever happened. They weren't thankful for anything. They criticized everybody and everything. Now, if you're that kind of person and you're in that mold and you're not willing to get out of that mold, God can do without you. He doesn't even need you. Isn't that right? You need to put yourself in a class. You'll have to do this yourself because nobody else can help you. I found people like this, nobody can help them. They have to help themselves. You need to look in the mirror every morning and say, I'm going to find something good to say about somebody today. 
And you need to work on that. And you need to go and start bragging on people. I meant to their face. Dan, you're a great guy. Made a nice choice when you married this girl. <clears throat> Angie, you made a nice choice when you married Dan. It was a long time. I thought he wasn't going to make it. No, I was just joking. No, I w that was just a joke. <clears throat> no, really. You need to get in this habit of looking people in the eye and telling them how much you appreciate them. I appreciate you. I thank you for praying for me. You've been a big help to me. It's just good to be able to have brothers like you, sisters like you. Get out of that habit. Kick it. If people can come off of heroin, cold turkey, surely with the help of the Holy Ghost, you can get out of this life-threatening disease that's conquered your soul. Find something good to say about your brother or your sister and start practicing it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in what I'm telling you because I believe that God will give you new life, a new lease on life if you'll follow these instructions tonight. What good is a soldier if he's involved with a group of soldiers if he wishes he could kill them? Tell me, what good would he be? There's some Christians you can't turn your back on. Now, you may do it, and you may be very vulnerable when you do it, and there's no problem with that. But I'm talking about as sure as you turn your back, there's some people that are they will stab you in the back. And, and it's not that they, they mean to kill everybody around them. They're just in that habit. It's like a cancer. And it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. I've talked to some people. How would you get in this mess anyway? Well, I don't know. It just seems like every time I turn around, I get in problems with people. Well, then you need to take a fresh look at yourself. <laughs> You know what, ha what will happen? After a while, you won't even think that God is giving you a fair shake. You hear me? You won't even think that God is fair with you. Listen, I'm telling you something that you need to hear. Some of you need to hear this. Because every time there's a little rumble... Certain people are always involved in it. Well, she said, she said, she said that he said that he said, you know, and so forth and so on. How in the world? Now, I'm talking about people who indulge in destructive criticism. Now, we we'll go one step further, people who gossip. Now, see, gossip doesn't mean that you're telling something that's not true. Gossip's just sharing information with someone who's neither a part of the problem nor the solution. In other words, you may be telling things that are true, but perhaps you ought not be telling at all. 
Now, <clears throat> these students stood up here, and they did a great job. I never took speech. So I don't know how to do this other than say this. Keep your big, fat trap shut. Don't be hurting people. Don't be destroying people. Don't let this happen. Let God be used, or you use God in your life. Let Him use you. Let the Holy Ghost run through your life and through your veins. Go in the prayer room feeling good about everybody that's in there. Pray down at the altar feeling good about everybody that's there. Go out in the vestibule and shake hands with people of like precious faith and feel good about them. They might not do everything just the way you want it done, but remember, you don't do everything the way they want it done either. And we just have to trust each other and believe in each other. We're on the same team. We're going to the same heaven, by the way. We're serving the same God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. And then, of course, we go down to the end of this. <clears throat> the sinful person. No, I don't want to stop on this one. I want, to, I want to just go back. Got to talk about this a little bit more. You know what happens when you gossip? You tear up things that nobody can fix. Now, <clears throat> I grew up in the South, and the culture is so different there. And my grandfather and grandmother, when we killed a chicken, I mean, we ate the chicken. Everything but the feathers, you know. You know what I'm saying. I mean, that's just you know, it's just the way. We, and we were poor people. You know, I've hunted down a lot of rabbits just to have a meal. And you didn't throw anything away, see. You know, you skinned the rabbit and 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 you uh, ate the meat. And uh, you tanned the hide and made shoe moccasins out of it. You used the tail for powder puff. <clears throat> You use the insides for fish bait, and you cut off the rabbit foot, put it on your keychain, so that the next time you'd have luck enough to kill another one. <clears throat> now, that was just a joke, too. Okay. <clears throat> but I'll tell you what we did do. We used to kill blackbirds. And, and this old Mother Goose rhyme or whatever about blackbird pie. Have you ever eaten a blackbird pie? Has anybody ever eaten a blackbird pie? I have. I'm serious with you. And the blackbirds are just, they flock, you know, they migrate. And they go down south. And just the fields would be, just be full of them. And so what you do, you catch them all on the ground, and you go out there. And, of course, you have your gun loaded, shotgun, preferably with uh, uh, some type of bird shot, because seven and a half or eight bird shot has a lot of shot in it. What you do, you kind of kneel down so that you're shooting like this at them as opposed to up because you have more of them in focus. So you shoot, and as soon as you shoot, they come up off the ground and you shoot again because they're just dark. All right? And then if you have an automatic, which uh, we didn't have, but if you have a semi-automatic, then you shoot again. 
Now, I have dropped as many as 50 blackbirds with two shots. Okay? Now, the thing about it is, you go out and you pick up all these blackbirds, you got a whole big pot of them. But you have feathers over about two acres of ground. And usually in the south, like it is here, when autumn comes, the change of season, the wind starts blowing. Now the problem is, if you don't like those feathers scattered all up in your yard and everything, you've got to pick them up. Can you feature picking up all the feathers that you can blow off of 50 blackbirds in a 30-mile-an-hour wind? Can you feature that? That's what gossip does. It leaves feathers scattered all over the county. And there's no way you can pick up all the pieces to make things back like they were before you took your shot at somebody's heart. You need to think twice before you say anything about anybody, even things that you know. If someone lets you in on the top secret of someone's life, don't feel obligated to go share that. It may be as true as God is true, but perhaps it's something that would be better not told. Now, what I'm, I'm doing tonight, I'm, just, I'm really trying my best. I just want us all on the same team, loving each other. On the day of Pentecost, they were in one mind, one accord. Is that true? Now, until we work out some differences like this, we cannot get in one mind and one accord. Of course, there's several other people the church could do without. The church can do without people who have sin in their heart, and they don't regard uh, this uh, they just they just continue to uh, they, in other they have no regard at all to what the, the church is teaching or or what the Bible says. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I, I think that I don't have to say much about that. Most of us know that, don't we? But you know, there are some people that in their own heart they privately carry on little situations that are sinful. They think about that. You know what happens then when they get in the house of God? Great guilt comes to them. They never really feel like they're part of it because that's what sin does. Do you know what? God is able to bring a great victory for each and every one of you. I believe, as sure as I believe anything, that God is able to help Don and Peggy Moran. Now, let me just tell you something, see? Maybe some of you know this. We, I have not seen a more generous person in giving than Don Moran. He has helped. There's no telling out the people, in the church and out of the people, out of the church, pardon me, in Dane County. I have personally had him to come to me 
and say, I hear someone's in need. Give them this and give them that. Now, he's in a position he can't help anyone. He doesn't really know what's going to happen to himself. And certainly if he were here, I wouldn't be saying this because he'd be embarrassed. Now, I'm not embarrassed to tell him that I said it. But for him to be here, you understand what I'm talking about. And you will not find a more precious saint of God than Peggy Moran. She goes back there and makes peanut brittle. And Melissa, why? She makes that peanut brittle just like an adult. I'm serious. Just a real trooper. I'm serious with you. Now, those people need our support. I mean, they need our support. They need our prayers. We need to unite with them. Feel what they're feeling. When one member suffers, the Bible says we all suffer. I just want to see us have a cohesive cohesiveness between us that the devil cannot get us separated. And you hear this from a lot of people. I've heard people say, well, I, le- I, to- I can tolerate him. Tolerate him? I've heard people say that. Well, I can, I can, I can tolerate that person. Tolerate her? Jesus said, love your enemies. Now, there's a vast difference between toleration and love. Am I right? See, some of us can't even treat our brothers and sisters like the Lord wants us to treat our enemies. Our enemies. You see, our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Now see, when I talk about warfare, a lot of you see yourself walking out there with a big cannon. I'm going to blow a hole in the side of that battleship and sink all those sinners and they're going to die in hell. Now that's not what we're talking about. We're going to love them to death. We're going to pray for them. We're going to go and help them. If they're in trouble, we're going to feel for them. I believe this battery is going out. You can only preach two hours on one of these batteries, you see. Go to this one, Brother Jim. I was told not to do that. I didn't do it on purpose. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what we need to do. We just need to quit, don't we? It's a little bit after 8 o'clock. I'm just trying to help you. I told you, I, I said, look, I, I'm just going to say whatever I feel needs to be said tonight. And we have people coming into this church, and people needing the Holy Ghost, people that need to be prayed through, people need to be baptized, people that need to be encouraged. Some of you have sick relatives. You want to see them healed. 
Brother Tom Nelson's had just monumental problems with his sinuses. So has Sister Nelson. Some of you have had problems with your health. We need to just gather around you in small groups here and pray. And, and when you leave, let me tell you something. When you leave, if you leave here and you don't feel that somehow you've touched heaven and God has healed you, at least we want you to know there's a powerful force around you. Brothers and sisters are going to be praying for you until God moves this force out of the way. That's what we need to see. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come up here, Sister Grant. we got to sing, Whose Side Are You Leaning On? <clears throat> I like that. I think most of you know I like that. You know, <clears throat> where's our drummer? Okay, come up here, Brother Dennis. we got to pray that. Pray. you got to play this bass. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> praise God. Oh, hallelujah. You know, you know the uniqueness of this. If you could hear the, the saints in Martinique sing this, I mean, when they sing it, the glory of God just comes down and rests. The thing about it is, they sing in English, and there's not but one or two people in that church that knows English. And they sing it just like they know what they're singing. I asked Brother Rich, I said, they're singing in English. He said, they have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> He said, I'll, I'll teach it to them in, in French later on. But he, he went down to French Guyana, and they were singing it down there in English. And so he picked it up and brought it back. He said, well, they just sing it. They sing it like they know what they're saying, but they don't know what they're saying. <clears throat> but they really know how to sing it. <clears throat> Whose side are you leaning on? Praise God. We want to sing this. Whose side are you leaning on? Whose side are you leaning on? I want Brother Rich Thomas and Sister Peggy to come up here. They've been suffering this past week. Now, others have been. We're going to pray for others. Brother Rich went over to Brother uh, O'Neill's church today and preached. Two people received the Holy Ghost over there. Oh, hallelujah. Last week, he was down in Viola. A man received the Holy Ghost in Viola last weekend down there. Praise God. The opening day of deer season, Brother Price was out hunting and fell dead. And Brother uh, O'Neill and Brother Thomas had his funeral. The thing about it is, not long ago, Brother Thomas was down there in Viola and had a special burden for this man. And when he went in there, this man was looking for a heart transplant, but he did not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Thomas went and lay hands on him, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Another one saved for Jesus. I want some of you ministers, elders, to come and lay hands upon Brother Thomas. Some of you ladies come and minister to Sister Thomas here. Now we're going to be singing this song. Whose side are you praying on? Praying on the Lord's side. Whose side are you praying on? Now what I want, I want you sisters who are here, some of you are praying with Sister Peggy, go ahead. But I want you to lay hands on Sister Manley.
Brother Manley had to go home. And, of course, we can't lay hands on him. But I tell you what, he needs a touch of God. This household needs a touch of God. I want you to just lay hands on her. She stands in proxy for her husband here tonight. We love this family dearly. And we're going to fight the devil. Oh, hallelujah. To see Brother Manley delivered. Oh, hallelujah. Whose side are you leaning on? Leaning on the Lord's side. Whose side are you leaning on? Leaning on the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Sister Rossing, we want you to come up now if you would. We want some sisters to follow her up. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's great victory here in the house of God tonight. This is why we come to church. This is why we come to church. This is why we bind ourselves together. In one mind, in one accord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Whose side are you believing on? Leaning on the Lord's side. Whose side are you believing on? Leaning on the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, now we're going to be praying for other people. Well, we have some people here that need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. If you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost, I want you to step right out, come right down here. We're going to lay hands on you, and God's going to refill you with the Holy Ghost right here tonight. Praise God. Let's sing it some more. Whose side are you singing on? Singing on. Come on, right now. Let's believe God.